mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more, a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Father, I thank you for your word and thank you, Lord, that it is uh, truly living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And I pray that, Lord, you'd help me to present this message and it might be a blessing to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <coughs> When this story begins, it's, um, Jesus is on his way. He's on his way to Jerusalem. And when he arrives in Jerusalem, he is going to be rejected by the Jews. In John 1.11, it says that he came to his own and his own received him not. He came to his own people and they rejected him. In Acts chapter 13, verse 2, uh, chapter 3, verse 3 to 15, 13 through 15, I beg your pardon. I'm just going to turn there quickly. Acts chapter 3 verse 13. <coughs> and the Bible says, The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life. And God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. We see here Jesus is going to, uh, to be rejected. By, um, in the beginning, when, they, when Jesus first came into Jerusalem, he, he had, they laid palms and uh, leaves on the floor and, and said, oh, Hail the King coming. And then within a couple of days, they were saying, Crucify him. Quite, quite something. That they betrayed, they desired a murderer to be granted unto them. It's incredible to think about. But here he is, he's on his way up to Jerusalem. And as they pass through Jericho, Jericho, uh, the word Jericho means to smell or a place of fragrance. It was a city that um, abounded in many fragrances such as balsam and cypress honey and, and roses. And so it was a, as they passed by, they would have been surrounded by these fragrances. So it was a city that uh, lived up to its name. And one day, on this day, the, the roads would have been jammed with pilgrims, because all of Jerusalem were on their way up, all of Israel were on their way up to Jerusalem for the Passover. And the road of Jericho was one of the main roads which led up to the temple. So people crowded along the road to see Jesus as he passed through. So when Jesus entered Jericho, news of his coming preceded him. And he encountered one man as well as he entered in. And his name was Zacchaeus. I think every one of us know of Zacchaeus. He was a, a, a tax collector for Rome. He was up in the tree because he was a short man. And he wanted to see Jesus. So Jesus stopped and called Zacchaeus and saved his soul. We're going to look at an encounter between Jesus and the blind man. The only blind man healed and mentioned by name. 
Martin Mayus. And we're going to look at his condition, his cry, and his cure. I heard a, a story about um, who's the shortest man in the Bible. And um, some people say Zacchaeus. And uh, I heard one yesterday who was Nehemiah. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was a shorter one I found. Uh -oh. Was Bildad the shoe height? And you up for us. So anyway, um, let's look at this Bartimaeus and his condition. Well, first of all, we know that he was blind, and um, I don't know. I, I, um, my uh, stepson, his wife, is um, is blind. But quite incredibly, she seems to be able to uh, um, give and move around, you know, in the house and everything. If you if you move anything out of the out of place, she knows. Mm. You know, it's quite incredible. But um, it's hard, even being blind now in, in these days. It, it, it can't be easy. I mean, if you're born blind and you've never noticed, well, uh, it probably would be different to his if you'd already been able to see, and then were blind. After, after a while you've been able to see, that would be quite difficult. Mm. But to be born blind now is difficult. But to be born blind, or made blind in those days, must have been extremely, extremely hard. Um, blindness is common in, in Bible times. Here's a man who'd probably never seen a sunrise, never seen the smile on a baby's face, never seen the beauty of God's creation. We look at creation, what a wonderful thing it is. I, I, I just love to, to look at, at, at the way things are made and, and, and the intricacy of life and, and, and how life was created. What an incredible thing, how God is so great and wonderful. But Bartimus, he lived in this narrow world of darkness. Not only was he in, uh, blind, but he was also, he was also a beggar. He had no choice. He had no choice. How could he survive? He couldn't work. He had no welfare program. There was no social program to help him survive. His was to sit by the side of the road and beg for a living. And that would have been a constant begging. He would never have been able to stop. If he had missed one day, that means he would have had to catch up because he had to have food every day. So if you didn't have food for two days, you'd have to find, you know, get enough money to survive, you know, to make up for that day that you'd lost. So he just had no way of, of, of uh, surviving but by begging continually. He constantly begged and asked those passing by to give him money. So he lived a wretched life of wretched poverty. He was probably led to the side of the highway early in the morning to spend his day begging in his place. Maybe he was alone. Maybe he had to find his own way to his begging place. So he was a pitiful man in a tragic situation, living in a cruel and heartless world. I mean, in those days it would have been difficult enough, life would have been difficult enough without being blind. Just imagine the life was must have been tough, really tough. So, Bartimaeus is an example of every person who is not in a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Bartimaeus, uh, um, every lost sinner is like 
we, in the Bible it says that every lost sinner is spiritually blind. In uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 it says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Bartimaeus had a problem with his optics. The lost sinner has a problem with his soul. Bartimaeus had a, uh, um, something wrong with his eyes. The lost sinner has something wrong with his heart. The heart. Ephesians 4.18 says, Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Romans 3.11 says, Is none that understand is none that seeketh after God. And blind. And a heart problem. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Out of the heart come the issues of life. So there are people all around us that have fine with their spirit with their physical eyes they can see but they can't see the horrors of sin because they're spiritually blind they can't see that their sinful deeds what they're doing to them they cannot see the wasted days if we've been saved later on in life we know about what how life is I mean each one of us who was saved like I was saved when I was, I think it was 29 years old 50, yeah. we carry baggage I think we mentioned that last week yeah. we carry baggage but one thing we can say is that the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that, that load falls off when we come to him Amen. we cannot see the wasted days ruined lives they cannot see that there's a place called hell at the end hell is a terrible as we heard about that last week you don't want to go there you really don't I remember when I was younger, I used to, uh, when people used to talk about that, and I would say, and I, and ashamedly, I'd say, you know, I want to go to hell. That's where all the fun is. What a, what a foolish thing mm -hmm. to say. And I used to say those things. Foolish things. They can't see, they can't see that they're headed for hell and for death and damnation. It's awful. Matthew 7, 13 through 14 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and narrow is the way, which readeth, uh, and narrow, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Because the straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Few. There are not many. Few there be that find it. 2 Thessalonians says that one and uh, Thessalonians 1 8 and 9 says, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God. Is vengeance coming? Please, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, trust in him now. Time is coming, but it'll be too late. Too late. And, uh, really, when the rapture takes place and all the church is taken out and you're left behind here. Is seven years of a time which nobody would ever want to be. Mm. It's going to be a terrible, terrible judgments are coming on this earth. Time is coming. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and the glory of His power. And worst of all, they cannot see the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Saviour, and how wonderful He is. 
I think everyone who's uh, saved here, we're here because we're saved. I saw Jesus' loveliness and I saw it in every day in his creation. I can see now, when I look around here, I can see that he's working in people's lives. He's changed people's lives. I don't think if we, none of us had been saved, we wouldn't have probably wanted to meet each other. And now because we are here and we, we are, we are in Christ, we love each other. Something that, the, that God puts in your heart, that Christians love each other. Not only are the unsaved blind, but they're paupers. Who knows what a pauper is? <laughs> Somebody pretty poor. Yeah. They're destitute. They can pay their bills. But some can, and some can accumulate savings. Some have great wealth. They might not have to beg for food or shelter. But spiritually, they are poverty-stricken. Without Jesus, they're morally and spiritually bankrupt. And this is what happened in Eden. Man made God in his own image. And he placed him in that beautiful garden. Where everything was, where every need was met. But man sinned and he threw it all away. Threw it all away. Sin stripped man of everything spiritual. And left him a spiritual pauper. Without Jesus, we have nothing. No matter how much you accumulate in this life. You will die in the end and go into hell if you don't have the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And you know, people say, don't, don't, why do you always have to talk about hell? Because it's a place to avoid. Right. Right. Avoid it at all costs. You don't want to be there. Bartimaeus was in a sad condition, but the lost sinner is worse off. The lost sinner is blind, cannot see God. I remember when I was lost. I'm sure each one of us would come to Jesus remember those days where we had no interest in, at all in the Lord. And now we love Him. The lost sinner is deaf, he cannot hear God. The lost sinner has a withered hand, he cannot work for God. The lost sinner has a defiled mind, he cannot think of God. In Genesis 6 5, it says that the thoughts in the uh, evil continually. Awful. The lost sinner has a stammering tongue. He cannot talk for God. And what's worse of all, the sinner is described as being dead. What do you mean? I'm alive. Yeah. Spiritually, you're dead. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you're dead. Spiritually dead. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So Bartimaeus was in a tragic condition, but the lost sinner is also in a pretty tragic condition. Bartimaeus also his cry. Let's have a look at his cry. It was a passionate cry. So as Bartimaeus sat there that day begging, and he heard the crowds passing by and the excited voices of the people, in Luke 18.36, it says the bottom mass asked what it meant. What's going, on? What's going on? And someone told him it was Jesus. But he began to cry out. Why? Well, he must have heard Jesus. He must have heard how he had healed lepers, how the demons were cast out, men were delivered. 
He may have heard that Jesus uh, multiplied the loaves and the fishes and how Jesus had called the blind to see. Hope was building in Bartimaeus' heart. Others could give money, but the Lord Jesus had something way more precious than that. Maybe he thought if Jesus could do all these things, maybe he could heal me too. So he cried out. People tried to stop him, but he cried all the more, even louder. This was his hope. He knew it. He wanted Jesus to help him. He was not going to let Jesus pass by. If you're unsaved, I guarantee you that Jesus has passed by you all apart at some point. There was a time in your life when Jesus passed by. Could it have been a song? Could it have been a sermon that you heard? Maybe you read the Bible. Maybe somebody told you about the Lord Jesus. But somewhere, somehow, the Lord Jesus passed by in your life. And I thank God that He does. Imagine if He never. I passed, I praise God for the day that He passed by in my life. In 1981, October 31, 1981. I remember that day. What a blessing that Jesus would pass by a place where poor and dead sinners were begging their way through life. I'm much better to be saved. Um, what, a, what a thing to know the Lord Jesus Christ. So it was a passionate cry. It was a particular cry as well. Bartimaeus may have been blind, but he saw something about Jesus the people with 2020 vision didn't even see. He saw Jesus that he was the Messiah. And that's why he called him the Son of David. Bartimaeus had heard of Jesus. He understood the truth that most people missed. And he saw that Jesus was the Messiah. And one of the signs of Messiah's that was that he would open the eyes of the blind. In Matthew 11, 5 it says, The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. Unto them. And they opened the eyes of the spiritual woman. When a man hears the gospel message, he needs to realize that he is a sinner. And the penalty for sin is death. Believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, and was buried and rose again from the dead. Believe and call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. It's the only way to be saved. And it was also a personal cry. Bartimaeus cries to Jesus, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't demand his rights. He's in no position to demand anything. He's seeking mercy. That's what he's seeking. So he cried out for help for his wretched condition. These days we call all kinds of rights dumping here. Women's rights, civil rights, children's rights, gay rights, every other right, kind of right that's imaginable. But when it comes to spiritual things, I don't want my rights. I want mercy. Amen. I want mercy. I want grace. What is mercy? It's not getting what I deserve. If I got what I deserved, I'd be in hell right now. Right. And so would we all. We'd all be there. We have no right to heaven. We have no right to Jesus. We have no right to salvation. We do have a right to live a wretched life and a right to eternity in hell. That's what we have. 
I don't want my rights. I want mercy. I want grace. What is grace? Grace is getting that which we don't deserve. Getting what we don't deserve. You and I need mercy, and mercy is one thing God is rich in. In Ephesians 2 4, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. God has mercy. Thank goodness he loves us. His love is a, a, one of them. Um, it doesn't demand, I think I've got this word about reciprocity. reciprocity. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't expect us to, uh, to love him. He loves us. It doesn't matter. And that is uh, where God's love, the agape love. Not the love that we have, which is one that you love me or I love you. God loves us no matter what. Remember what it said, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet for adventure for a good man, someone even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What an incredible thing that is. What an incredible thing. He loves us. You might even need mercy. That's what we need. It was a persistent cry. Bartimaeus is calling out to Jesus and causing an uproar. People try to silence him and they charge him, which means they charge him. It was a sharp rebuke, probably a threat, like saying, keep quiet, blind man. Don't bother the Lord Jesus. He's busy. He's, got, he's too busy for you. But Bartimaeus kept calling out. He believed that Jesus could help him. And he wasn't going to let Jesus pass by without that help. He couldn't go to the Lord Jesus. Can you imagine uh, the situation with Bartimaeus? He'd probably heard of the Lord Jesus, but how could he possibly go to him? He didn't have the time. He had to beg every day. He, he couldn't uh, ask somebody, where, where is Jesus at this time? You know where he is. I'd like to go and see him. And he could have been in Galilee somewhere, which was miles from Jericho. How could he have ever gone to, to, to Jesus? Could he ask somebody? Other people are too busy. Won't you take me to Jesus? Where is he? How would they have found him? But here, Jesus was coming, asked him. He couldn't go to Jesus. Maybe Jesus is passing by your heart today. Don't wait. Accept him while he's near. He might not pass by this way again. Don't worry what other people think. Call on the Lord Jesus Christ today to save you. Don't let anything stop you. Trust in Him while He is calling. Don't delay. One day it may be too late. Then what? His cure, Bartimaeus, his cure. Jesus heard his call and stopped. He was on his way to the cross, but still he takes time for his poor blind sinner. <laughs> Jesus commands him to be called, and imagine how Bartimaeus must have felt that day. Every day begging, day after day. And this day, he caught the attention of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus made time for a poor blind man. And you know what? He'll make time for you as well. Bartimaeus gets up and he throws off his outer garment. A precious item to him. 
the outer garment would probably be his most precious thing. He would have kept him warm and, and, and kept him safe. He would have uh, uh, had um, a cloak because in those days he used to have an, an outer garment, which is the uh, cloak of kind, and then uh, underclothes as well. But he threw it off. Precious item, but why? Because it would have hindered him from getting to the Lord Jesus. He wanted to get there quick, so he threw that off. Who cares about this? And so it is with us. When we come to the Lord Jesus, we have to cast aside anything that's going to hinder us, us from coming to God. Anything that stands between you and Him. And you know what it normally is? Our own self-righteousness. The Bible says we are to lay aside every weight and the sin which just so easily beset us. Along with patience, the race is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, author and finisher of our faith. He's the one we need to look into. Let's have a look at Proverbs 16.2. Let's just turn to Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16, and verse 2. I don't know if it's up on the screen. I'm not sure. The Bible says in chapter 16, verse 2, it says, All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. And also in 20, verse 6, it says, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find <coughs> Bible says in Isaiah 64 6. I'm sure everybody, every one of us knows these, these verses here. Isaiah 64 6. But we're all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. So we need to lay aside those things and get rid of that self-righteousness and come to the Lord Jesus as we are, realizing that we're a sinner and repent, turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> so it was a personal cure, it was a powerful cure. When Bartimaeus comes to Jesus, Jesus asks him what he wants, and he replies in faith, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And the lost sinner is the same. A simple prayer of faith is sufficient to save the song. And I was thinking of the, of, um, the, the thief on the cross when he said, Lord, remember me. What an incredible thing that is that he was on the cross and seeing the Lord Jesus marred more than any man, his face beaten, his body broken, whipped him beyond recognition. And yet what an incredible thing that that blind man I mean, that, that man on the cross looks and says, Lord, remember me. What could be more incredible than that? That he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, I'll tell you today, you'll be with me in paradise. An incredible thing. Do you know that uh, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. And have everlasting life. 
Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For whosoever, that means you, that means me, that means anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. When a sinner comes to Jesus, salvation doesn't kick in next week. It's instantaneous and powerful. Mm -hmm. Straight away, the Lord comes into our heart. It's a permanent cure. Bartimaeus' cure was permanent. We know it by the word whole. It says that he was made whole. It's the perfect tense. And it means that he was made whole and he stayed whole. The results were lasting. When we turn to Jesus, we are saved forever. The Bible says we have everlasting life. In this church, we believe once saved, always saved. Amen. You cannot lose your salvation. Because right? right. we, we, we cannot work for it. We cannot pay for it. So we cannot keep it. And people said, oh, but, but, but we own Jesus' hand, but we can fall out of his hand. But remember, we are also in God's hand. The hand that spans the universe. I'd like to see you fall out of that hand. <laughs> the hand that spans the universe. <clears throat> and Jesus saves us forever, everlasting life. Once you're made alive, and Jesus will be alive forever. Thank goodness for that. So and finally, it's a profound cure. As soon as Bartimaeus is healed, he starts to follow Jesus. Luke says that he followed Jesus, glorifying God. And when the people saw it, they gave praise to God. Luke 18.43 says, and Martin said, Bartimaeus received his sight, loved Jesus, praised the Lord, and became a witness all in a few moments of time. He was praising God straight away, all in a few moments. God doesn't care about your religion. He doesn't care about your good works. He doesn't care what you've done. What God cares about is this, that you are saved. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you aren't sure that you're saved, realize that you're a sinner bound for help and accept Him right now. He saves. Amen. Right. Mm -hmm. Are you 100% sure that you're going to heaven when you die? Are you 100% sure? The Bible says that you can know for sure. These things I've written up to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, the Son of God that you may know to have eternal life. When you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. Bartimaeus followed Jesus. Let's also follow Jesus. Trust in Him. If you're not saved, please, today, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. It's the only way to heaven. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your work. Thank you for this wonderful story, uh, Bartimaeus, and the, Lord, the, the lessons that we can learn from it. And thank you, Father, that um, uh, you're so gracious and merciful towards sinners. Thank you for loving us for sending your Son, Lord Jesus Christ, this morning. And pray the Lord you um, if anyone outside, out on the um, internet, if they hear this message, and Lord, you just touch their hearts and help them to see that they need a Savior. We love you and thank you now. And, and would you be with us through this week and keep us safe, that you bless um, everyone. And, as they have opportunity that you give them opportunities to share the gospel with someone that they might be saying. 
We love you and thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.